0: yes people it is another week which means we are coming at you with another episode of your favorite film podcast echo chamber yes 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 that is correct and this week we got three films uh you know we're doing our little revisit tour and we do have a new film as well But as we do, people, we are going to start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 22nd to the 24th of April. So at number 10, it is KGF chapter 2 from Prashanath Neil who directed and wrote the piece. At number nine, it is Mobius, right? It is uh, a new entry in Sony's Marvel Universe, right? Directed by Daniel Espinoza, written by Matt Sazma and Burke Shagless. um starring Jared Leto, uh, Michael Keaton, Adria Arana, uh, Jared Harris, Matt Smith, Tyrese Gibson which means our number eight film. It's another comic book adaptation is Matt Reeves at the Batman, right? Reeves co-wrote with Peter Craig and Bill Finger and this time out robert patterson is old brucey wayne the kate crusader we have got jeffrey wright as lieutenant james gordon uh, zoe cravat is selena kyle a cat woman we got colin farrell as oz paul dano as the riddler uh Carmine Falcone is played by John Toruno. Uh, we got Andy Circus as Alfred, you know what I mean? Um, which means people, our number seven film is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, we talked about this last week or it might have been the week before we talked about it recently right it is um the new film from tom um gormanican who co-wrote with kevin etton and we've got nicholas cage pedro pascal jacob Scipio, um ike baron holtz sharon horrigan neil patrick harris tiffany haddish lil mo sheen yeah it is a great film people it's a great film um number six is robert eggers the northman right he co-wrote this with sigon starring alexander skarsgard nicole kidman cleese buck ethan hawk anna taylor joy i do really want to catch this one you know what i mean I, I, i'll probably try for next week we will see what the funk happens but we are now in our top five and at number five people it is pierre Pathis. um uh, what's the fucking name of this film? Um, the Bad Guys. <laughs> I don't know why I struggled on that so fucking much. Jesus Christ. So it is... Um, <laughs> adapted from Aaron Blably's book. And uh, Ethan Cohen and Yoni Abirana handled the screenplay. We've got Sam Rockwell mark maron aquafina craig robinson anthony ramos zazie beats lily singh you all all providing their voices uh our number f- four film it is operation Mince mincemeat um this is another book adaptation ben mcintyre wrote the book michelle ashford handled the screenplay uh, it's starring Colin Farrell, Michael McFadden, Kelly MacDonald, Rufus Wright, Ruby Bennell, uh, Charlotte Hamblin, Johnny Flynn And the likes At number three, people, it is The Lost City This is the new film from directors Aaron and Adam Knee right, Adam, um, he co-wrote it with uh, Dana Fox and Oren Uzil, and it's starring Sandra Bullock, Shannon Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, Divine Joy Randolph, Brad Pitt, Oscar Nunes, Paddy Harrison, and a lot of other people's, our number two film, is um the new entry in the fantastic beasts uh sequence it is the secrets of dumbledore so um yeah david yates again directs uh steve cloves and jk rowling handled the screenplay and we are starring mads mickelson ezra miller Katherine Walterstone, Jude Law, Eddie Redmayne, Dan Fogler, Callum Turner, Alison Sudol. So that means people. That means at number one, it is Sonic the Hedgehog two, from Jeff Fowler. You know what I mean, it is written by Pat Casey, Josh Miller. And John Whittington. We got Ben Swartz, Idris Elba, Cullen O'Shonzi, Jim Carey, James Marsden, Tika Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, Shamir Moore, Lee Magabuld, Adam Ali. you know what I mean? Just all doing their thing. So yes, people, that is our top 10. How about we get into this week's film, shall we? I think we should. Let's go. Okay, people. Let's start off with our new release. That's right, people. It's time for... Okay, people. So, you know, one thing I really do enjoy is when someone... Like, takes a big swing, right? Sometimes you don't always hit. Sometimes you partially hit. But it, 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 it's, it's taking that chance, you know what I mean? And that's what Sheik Shanawas does with Bluff. Now, this is his feature debut. His feature debut. And he really just, boy, you know I mean? He put everything into this. He directed it. He wrote it, right? He also um, produced it, right? Handled the cinematography. He edited it. Sound handled that um, with the help of Savik, Right, who uh produced the music. Um, yeah, like he, he did a lot, right? Supposedly he recorded, he f- recorded it, he filmed this at the weekends. You know, what I mean? like and yeah, no other crew, just him, right? That's impressive. You know I mean, whatever you think of the finished product. To do all of that, I believe I read the budget was 2002, you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, you know what I mean? That's crazy, so you've got to give a motherfucker props, you know? Um, Yeah, a few other people, right? So, makeup was Juliana Ratcliffe, Um. Stunts were handled by Nizaro Karim. Um, yeah, you also had Gurjan Singh and Taibi Mumad, who um, helped out with photography and camera work, and uh, Pam Ka. Handled uh, costumes, all right. So, yeah, now our cast. Well, we have Gergie Gill as um Miller, aka Danny, Jason Adams plays Cooks, Naziro Karim also is in front of the camera and he plays Imran. We've got James Jason Bryan as Collins. Uh, Joe Egan is Neil, the enforcer. We have Lisa Blizzard as um, Superintendent Thompson. Um, We've also got Sergut Warner Bowen. She's the therapist. Uh, da, da, dum. Corey Thompson is Shots. Little drug dealer. Uh Alexander Ribolo is Woody. Alvi Huzan is Buzz. And Andre Mathis plays a mugger. All right, so that's that's our main lot of crew. Now the gist of the film, people is this, okay? So Detective Sergeant Daniel Miller is suspended from the London Metropolitan Police so that he can be secretly deployed to a small English town on an undercover assignment to uncover Britain's major suppliers of heroin and crack cocaine. He poses as a heroin addict and manipulates an unsuspecting junkie into working with him so that he can infiltrate the local drug network and work his way up the supply chain the line become blah, blah, blah. the line between duty and criminality begins to blur as miller's investigation becomes increasingly dangerous the closer he gets to finding the source of a drug trafficker so yeah that that's the um gist of the film right and you know what i i i thought this was yeah it was it, it was a very well done thing you know right there, 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 there's definitely things about it that it was a bit like ah, i'm not sure that fully works it was a little bit long but he did some very interesting things with the story which you're just like oh yeah I like that right and uh, there's especially this uh, kind of twisty moment which up until that point, I was scratching my head about something. There was a little thing that was going down. And I'm like, I mean, what? Huh? I don't know about that. Like, why would you do that? You know? And, and I was scratching my head thinking, all right, so where's the moment where this bit is revealed? Right? The reasoning. Because there needs to be a good reason here. And then we get this other thing. You're like, oh, shit. Okay, because we do. I think there's a moment where you might suspect something earlier on in the film, but the way it is put together, that you feel that moment has been, um, oh fuck, what's the word? Like, <laughs> uh, like counted for, right? You, you you've seen the reasoning for this thing but oh it's a little red herring which was good that was a good thing right so you know we open up with Danny being you know suspended right so this whole situation and I think like you assume everyone's in the know but then you'd be like oh they're not right which is interesting and I mean look we've had some really good drug undercover things right or just drugs shit right I mean the wire obviously right some of the yeah you know undercover people pretending to be druggies and real druggies and just you know I mean like come on Omar right? Fucking Omar. You know what I mean? Look, some of those performances were just so good. Like right. The Shield. You know what I mean? That was a, a whole mess with drugs and just everything like that. And then you've got films like Deep Cover. Remember Deep Cover, motherfuckers? How good was Deep Cover? You know? And Into Deep. That's another one. I really, you know, Epps and um, Neil Long, I believe, right? I feel that was that one. Uh, which I don't think enough people talk about into this, you know, it did cover because of um, Gold Bloom and Lawrence Fishburne, who, you know, they kill it. But yeah, in the, it, it, like Into Deep, boy, that's another great one. And I mean, there's more, there's so many more, right? So we've seen what good looks like. We've seen what great looks like. So it's what is someone else going to bring to the table? And, um, you know, she, he, he, he does put together this interesting tale. Now there are kind of things in it, like, uh, Think I think it's something that you we see all the time, you know. I mean, when you have a film and people are following someone, right? You always just think, Hold on, aren't they a little bit too close? Right? These come like I think a lot of times if you feel you can kind of sense if someone's following you. I mean, not all the time, and then sometimes you might think someone is, and you turn around and no one's there, right? But there's a, I don't know, man, it's like a fucking Sixth Sense, right, a radar, and so there's that, also, my big thing is, if someone knows what fucking car you drive, right, and they constantly see a car, like, they're gonna be like, yo, isn't that thingy's car, right, and so, yeah, there was some, some of those bits where you're thinking, um, how the fuck is he not getting caught? Right? But, we, we still get this uh, intriguing tale. Right? Intriguing tale because, you know, trying to pretend to be a druggie. So, you're wondering, to, you know, what extent is, you know, my man doing this shit? Like, what's the deal? But, I, I just thought that... um. Gurji and Jason do a very good job in our two, you know, leads of Danny and uh, Cooks. Yeah, right? because I, I did think that was believable. Right. Although I will say that, uh, you know, one problem of right, you know, trying to depict the whole druggy kind of situation is, there's a look, right, now, I don't know if you've known people that have been on that H, right, yo, you, you know, like, the teeth get, the teeth get fucked, Chris, man, and, like, people's face start, it starts to look kind of sunken, right, there is a distinct look, where you see it and you just be like, oh, god damn it. How did this motherfucker get hooked on this shit? Right? Because that ain't happening to you if you've just tried it one time. You know <laughs> what I mean? Two times? No. You you are in deep when you start to look a certain way. And I, you, you, you I don't really think they looked fully... You know what I mean? h up, but first time director making this film at weekends. I and mean, we can give someone a little bit of slack. Because you know, other than that, they I mean they did look scruff, right? They did look scruff. So there is that. You do wonder about the smell. You know what I mean? Like, if this and especially if they're sleeping rough hey, it ain't going to be pretty. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when, when they're going in pubs and shots, it's like, yeah, there's a thing, There's a thing. Now, some of that wasn't really addressed or covered, but yeah, we, we still get this kind of situation. We get this situation, and there's many kind of plates spinning, right? Many plates spinning. And it's all there to try and find out what Imran is doing. And I just thought, Imran, that character was, you know, played very cool. Very kind of aloof. Which you then kind of was like, okay, all right, this is an interesting way of playing it. I can buy that, right? I can buy this. So, yeah, we, we get this story. And you, like, there's... It's not, you know, it's not shown to us in this linear fashion, right? It, there's a lot of jumping between time frames. Doesn't get confusing, though, right? I, I thought it was very easy to follow. And by chopping it up, it does keep you guessing, right? It keeps you guessing at where the story is going, right? Who knows what? Where is this shit leading to, right? How how close are we to, you know, the bus to the, you know, whatever, whatever. So I think that's done in a way. And as I said, they, they, you do get fooled, right? Because you're believing, oh, so if we see this and then we saw that, that must mean, you know, so I thought that was very smart. And that's what I'm talking about, big swings, Right, because I feel to do this, attempt this in your first fucking feature, that takes a lot of balls, you know what I mean? And I thought it was done well. I thought it was done very well. Now, I will say, right, the end was decent, but there is this dialogue that I didn't fully believe Someone would be saying, right? I, I I just don't feel you're gonna be, and even if you did attempt to drop something in that vein, you ain't saying it like that. There would be more, I mean, there'd be more venom behind it, you're not gonna be eloquent, you know what I mean? So that bit was a we probably could have done without that, right. But yeah, definitely intriguing, right? First time directing, and boy, there is a lot, I mean, a lot of promise here. You know, it, it you are definitely like, yo, what's uh, Shanawha's going to be doing next? You know, because if he can do this for two Gs, hey, what do you think he's going to be able to do with a bigger budget? So if Bluff sounds like something that, you know what I mean, could be of interest to you people, hey, motherfucker, also motherfuckers got it dropping on Amazon Prime, how about that, right, so if you're a Prime member, you can check this shit out, you know what I mean, so, yeah, right, it's not, as I said, it's not quite an into too deep, a deep cover, but. It, it's, a. Hey, it's an impressive attempt, right? It's an impressive attempt. And I, I feel it, you know, lays a foundation for what could be coming in the future, right? So, yeah, people. It's there. <laughs> I mean, Bluff is out in the world. Um, give it a go, right? Give it a go. Okay, people, and now the first of our, you know what I mean, looks at recent big films, and we're going to start off with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, so we are, you know what I mean, still on our catch-up tour this week checked out Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? So, although technically this is the fourth film, this was made as a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2, essentially. You know what I mean? So, it's kind of like, "Eh, the third one never happened, right? You know, we've, we've seen them do that with Terminator, with Aliens, you know what I mean? It's one of those situations. Um, but, yeah, you know, it is directed by um, Jason Reitman, right? He, uh, you know, co-wrote the film with Gil Kennan. Um, it is produced by, um, you know, Reitman's dad, Ivan, um Also, uh, we have Dan Aykroyd, Michael Bug, Jason Blumenfield, Jason Kluf, Aaron L. Gilbert, um, Army Carp, Gil Keenan, Joe Medjuk, uh, Tom Pullock. Yeah, they all executive produced. Adam Sumer, uh, Ashley Levinson, they co-executive produced. Erica Mills, Eric Reich, they co-produced. And Brian Iaconelli, um, he associate produced. kind of feel there's a lot of people that didn't actually, like, there's just a credit by association, you know what I mean. Um, music was Robert Simonson, uh, Eric Stilberg handled the cinematography, it's edited by Dana E. Glaberman and Nathan Orloff. Casting was handled by Ali Safdari and John Papsidera. Uh, production design was uh, Francis Odu. Uh, art direction was handled by Ravi Bansal, A. Todd Holland, Bill Ives, Scott Meehan, Anthony D. Parillo, and Tom Retta. Set decoration is Ehab Ifawari, Kelsey Fowler, Paul Healy and Peter Lando. Um, Costumes were Dan Gilcher. Uh, Yeah, there's a whole other, you know what I mean? It's a big film, man. There's a load of people involved. But our cast, okay. So, we have got Carrie Coon. She plays Callie Spangler. She's got two kids. Uh, There's Trevor, played by Finn Wolfhard, and Phoebe, played by McKenna Grace. Then, um, you know, they've got friends, right? So there's Lucky, played by Celeste O'Connor. Then there's Podcast, played by Logan Kim. Um, Other kind of people that work at the diner place. Uh, we've got ugh, Skittles, played by Sean Seawood. Zach, played by Bill Bright. Swayze, played by Sydney May Diaz. Um, I think Rosada was there as well, played by Hannah Duke. Uh, the sheriff of the town, Sheriff Domingo, is played by Booker Woodbine. He's deputy is um played by Stella Aykroyd. Um then I mean it's no it's no surprise, right? It's, it's not really a shock, but we've got um yeah, Annie Potts reprising a role as Channy Milts. Um Eric Hudson, you know, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray are back as Winston, Ray, and Peter. You know, uh, J.K. Simmons is Ivo Shandor, um, and, uh, oh, what's her name? Fuck, Sigourney, yeah, fucking Sig. <laughs> what's her name? Sigourney Weaver. Is uh you know what I mean? She she's back as um uh Dana Barrett, right? So yeah, yeah, you know, there's other people voicing people and all of that shenanigans, but uh yeah, you know, that's essentially it. Now, the gist of this one, right? When a single mum and her two kids arrive in a small town, they become to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Which is... I mean... (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on in this one, right? There is a lot. It's... uh, it's an interesting situation, I would say, right, I mean, yeah, it, it's just over two hours, right, you do kind of feel it, right, I watched it via Apple, um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, ain't gonna lie, right, I did pause a lot, right, because it was just like, Okay, (laughs) I mean, where are we going with all of this, right? I mean, and listen, production is great. Production is real good. These special effects, people, man, like the ghosts and everything look incredible. You know what I mean? I mean, it is easy to fool a blind person. So (laughs) I think you might be seeing something else, but to me, it looked, it all looked great all look great, good cinematography, just all of that, boom, we were on point, I felt there was a lot of holes, though, in the story, you know what I mean, like, so we open up, right, we open up with things going down in this town, got this dude, and he's, he's, you know, on his farm, and he's running, and he's trying to do a thing, right, gets in the car, he drives you know, and he's knocked off the road and he's, you know, he's doing all of this stuff, right? But at the last minute, it all goes awry. We then see him hiding and this stuff happens, right? So, yeah, th- th- there's all of this. We then, you know, jump to, you know, um, the mums Right, she she's looking after her kids and the landlord's there, and you know she's struggling with the rent, and they get evicted. She finds out that her dad died, you know, so she's like, okay. And they drive out to the farm, right? They drive out to the farm, and you just have, you know, all of this stuff. Like the kids don't want to be there. Then we get the, this weird love, like, this weird kind of love situation that is, well, there's two, right? We get these two relationship things kind of thrown into the mix, which kind of don't need to, oh, yeah, Paul Rudd's in the film. I forgot to say Paul Rudd's in the film. He plays Gary Gruberson a teacher yeah sorry ruddy um but yeah we get these two which straight as soon as right these characters inter- you you know that what they're trying to do here but i will say right the the one with the kids like what the fuck was that right that was the, the weirdest thing because firstly when wolfhard he don't look old you know what i mean he don't look old so like if he's saying an age to a chick like i'm surprised she's going to believe that right but then even then once she finds out the age right and i feel there's a two-year difference Why is she still kind of, because they still kind of play it like she's interested. right? But in the beginning of the film, she's like, I've got a boyfriend. So you're like, well, why is she playing this dude anyway? Anyway, you know? Because listen, love isn't about looks and all of that jazz. It's about, you know, what you bring to the table, the personality, the vibe. For real, I believe that wholeheartedly. But we don't see anything from the Trevor character, right? There's nothing to be like, oh, that's why this girl would be interested, right? We we don't get, there's nothing. So it's this weird, forced situation, which like you could just have it as, Friends, right? As co workers, that works just as fine. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to add anything else. You don't need to muddy the waters to have this story move forward, right? The the, the mum situation is fine because, you know, she's divorced, you know, like, yeah, it sounds like she's been single for a minute. So it's just like that situation, fine. Have that. That's cool. But yeah, the kid one was weird. Super fucking weird. Um, we we then have this thing of like kids saying shit that kids wouldn't be saying. right? It, you've got Phoebe talking in this way and being like, oh yes, I'm this and blah 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 blah. I don't show emotion. I don't, fun. she's 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's 12. Like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It—it it was a weird play on that character, a weird thing that they're trying to do. Like it's—it's it's that whole. This, you, you know, what I mean you're trying to play it like she's kind of autistic, right? But then it's like she's super into science, so obviously, put her in dungarees, right? Glasses and dungarees. You know what I mean? That's—it's that. Thing that always happens right they they they, they put a, the nerdy girl you know it's usually pigtails dungarees you know what i mean glasses and then once they realize actually i'm pretty you know the hair comes down the glasses come off they suddenly be like oh there's contact lenses you know what i mean and it's just like oh i could wear other things than dungarees right? But here's the thing, dungarees kind of made a comeback, right? Like everyone's wearing dungarees. So it's just this weird thing that they're doing with this character to be like, oh, look, yes, nerdy girls look like this, right? Girls that are interested in science, clearly they only look like this. Well, it's just like, you always see these adverts and it's like more girls in STEM. You know what I mean? More girls in this and more girls in that. So, rep all girls. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you could have any look and be like, yeah, because, you know, science is just straight interesting. So, anyone could be interested. You don't have to create this typical, you know what I mean, geek persona. It's mad played out. Anyway, you know, I right, tirade over people. Yeah, but yeah, again though, you you have her being like the way just the the thing she's saying. You're just like I, I'm not buying a 12 year old be like all this. Now, you could have them parrot shit that they've heard from their parents for sure, but just just the whole is it, it, weird. And don't get me fucking started on podcast. What the fuck is that? Right? Come on now. It'd be like, oh, yeah, people call me podcast. Why is that? Because I've got a podcast. I'm just. <sighs> right. The only late I, I, I've heard lamer. Right. I, I knew this kid. And he um, it, it was just like, I, I forget how we found out, but he, his other set of friends, they'd be like, yo, they call me laptop. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, why? Oh, because I've got a laptop. And he was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. What the fuck? What's wrong with people? You know what I mean? Like, if I'm giving someone a nickname, right, it ain't because I'm gonna call you pencil, because you write with a pencil, no, right, especially if this motherfucker's got a laptop, right, Uh, sorry, a a, a podcast, right, you, uh, you know what I mean, you could call him lippy, you could call him mouthy, right, there's these other things that you would call this little motherfucker, you know what I'm saying, like spook show, there's things you would say. It wouldn't be like, let's call them podcast, right? It feels like it, you, you say they wanted to say podcast because podcasts are big and podcasts are in. Oh, let's reference podcasts. You know, there was a bit when they're talking about like Sumerian mythology and, you know, and uh, you know, one of the characters goes, oh, that was super woke of them. Yo, what the fuck? What, the f- what are we doing here? Right? What are we, like, the thing we know about Egyptian, ancient Egypt, right? W- women were in high regard. You know, a lot of the gods were female or And they kind of looked (laughs) non-binary, you feel me? Like, you know what I mean? Even the dudes, like Tutankhamun and the like, right? They they all kind of had that little kind of prince look about them, you feel me? Where it'd be like lipstick and just, you know what I mean? You, you looked Ephenim ephemamut. I feel I'm saying that wrong. But you know what I mean? It was just like, that was kind of the look back then. It wasn't like butch, like, Rrr. no, it was like slim and like, you know what I mean? Just that manicured look, you know? So it's just like, be like, oh, that's super, be like, yo, that was the thing, son. Right? That was the thing. Like, it wasn't, <sighs> it wasn't like certain shit wasn't bogged down. Like, when you look at ancient Greece, I mean, like the Spartans, it, it, they boyfriends, right? That was the thing. No one batted than eye. Achilles, he, he was dicking down dudes. Like, it wasn't a big deal. So, it, like, why are we throwing around being like, oh, that was woke? Like, woke is such a dumbass term, anyway. But you fear you you kind of come across a lot of new films and they want to throw the word out there, right? It's just like certain terms you need to shoehorn in, and you're just like, Yo, there's no need, son. What are we doing here? You feel me? Ah, it's kind of infuriating, you know? But yeah. Listen, yeah, you know, listen. I I don't feel Ghostbusters Afterlife is a bad film, right? I kind of feel, um, it's it's geared up for like the the the, the Stranger Things kids, right? It, you, if you're down with that, you like this might speak to you. You know what I mean? I feel it's like if you loved Buffy and Angel, then you can ride with this and i say that because those shows they were kind of crazy right and when i say crazy i'm like in you know everyone speaks in a certain way right There, there would be things that would happen that the logic was like hmm would people really do that like why would they how come they wouldn't tell You know what I mean? How come these people wouldn't check this before they did that, right? It's one of them things. So if you can separate yourself from logic, you could ride with this, you know what I mean? But there was a lot of things where I'm like, why wouldn't they tell someone that, right? Like when Egon, Egon? Yeah, it's Egon, Right. the the glasses spengler when he like vanishes and all of this kind of thing you're like he was a clever dude you're like and he wouldn't tell people this shit right he wouldn't tell his daughter like it it, you kind of go there's no rhyme or reason to that you know what i mean you then have Suddenly, all of these people knowing exactly how you know the guns and the, the the traps work, right? And you're just like, okay, right? We see them practice once, and they're not good. <laughs> you know what I mean they're not good? But then they're like, oh, we're in, we're on road. Let's just fire this shit up, and it's just like, really? I you're telling me you wouldn't. Practice, you know, I mean, they're trying to trap a ghost, and you've got fucking podcast. Just like, they're like, press the button, and he's not pressing, like, there's no reason why he's not just pressing the fucking button. You know, I mean, like, that whole sequence, you're like, why is this here? Like, it just seems some illogical stupidness. You know, it didn't really make any sense. You feel, you know, and how is it no one knows about what went down in the 80s? Like, if ghosts have just gone crazy in New York, two times, not one time, two times, people, right? And you guys, and, and I swear, in you know, maybe Ghostbusters 2, it might have been at the end of Ghostbusters 1, but they were then getting calls from all over the country. Maybe the world, right? So it's just like, how is it then that supposedly no one knows about ghosts, right? It's 30 years later. So obviously, listen, I can understand where people be like, oh, you don't have to worry about that now. I think they handled it. That's fine. If that was the attitude. But to be like, wait, what? Nothing. Nothing. Her ghost, that's not real. Nothing happened in the eight. Like, that just seems like what? Like, what? You know what I mean? And and so it's just like you have no one knowing, then you have people. So, like, oh, we know how to use all of this. It's just didn't really make any sense. You feel me? And the other thing, the other, like, the, the one thing I thought was super like, There's uniforms, uniforms, right? Which you know, supposedly Egon took right, took all the shit from the fire station. But how the fuck is the shit fitting, kids? (laughs) Like, is what you telling me that Egon got these uniforms made and was like, you know what? I need one like that would fit a real small kid. One a slightly taller kid, one a slightly taller kid. You know, like those, all those uniforms should have been mad baggy on P. If they were mad baggy, you'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel, I feel that. But the fact that these uniforms perfectly fitted it's just, yo, there was no tailoring. What are we doing? <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing? And I know, I know that's a minor point, but. It's things like that that just stick in my motherfucking head and I can't, uh, it throws me out of a fucking film. I'm like, yo, wait, hold on. Why the fuck is that happening? Like, uh, And all right, you know, I'm going to end on this one because I understand. I'm just like, ah. but at the police station, firstly, there's the who you want to call line, which was super fucking super cringy, then the whole phone call made no, firstly, that was a long fucking phone call, which I'm like, you ain't getting that long a call, right, secondly the thing being, at first, it's just like oh, I'm hanging up the phone then it was just like, hold on, I blah blah blah, and then you was like, oh okay, I'll listen, and he was like wait, what <laughs> huh, <laughs> like huh you It didn't make any sense Didn't make Any sense Yeah It was like God goddamn. Oh and, and uh, What the fuck was that end of credits scene What would, What was the need The scene didn't do anything It didn't do anything I don't understand why that was there I don't understand people, people, listen, like, Ghostbusters 1 and 2 are always going to be the pinnacle, you know what I mean, they were just great, and these last two ones, the girl one and this one, like, listen, there's things that you could enjoy in them, but I I don't know, man, they just... You know, it's like when they try to do the reboot of uh, fucking Robocop and Total Recall. Like, it, it feels like people don't quite understand the charm of some of these 80s films, these 90s films. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, if we just reference these things, you know what I mean? Oh, if we make tiny, you know what I mean, stay puffs, right? It's not that. That's not the thing, man. There's a there's just this charm about them. They, 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 it's this thing that they capture. And these all of these new versions, they just don't ah, for me, they don't really hit the mark, man. They don't really hit the mark, you know? So yeah. I get Ghostbusters 2. I mean Ghostbusters Afterlife, you know, Ghostbusters 3. Whatever you want to call it. Listen, there's there definitely, look, and I know people that love this film, right? Now, I'm, obviously, I'm disowning those people that told me to watch it for real. I don't know them anymore. So go fuck you. But <laughs> no, listen, hey, there's things in here that I'm, I'm sure people will love, right? For me, as I said, look, the production is awesome production is awesome, I just found mad holes in the story, mad holes in the story, and, like, just the characterizations, like, some of it just, yeah, it could have been fleshed out, right, certain things could have been fleshed out, you know, the whole sister-brother relationship, you could have done things with it, You know what I mean? Just the friendship groups There's things you could have done And they just didn't We're just surface level I want depth, baby I want depth So yeah, it it didn't really work for me But hey, as I said, look If you love Stranger Things Those sort of shit Right? I don't want to say shit I don't mean shit, I'm just saying Those sort of things, you feel me? If If that's your bag Hey You go get you some afterlife, people. You know what I mean? It's available everywhere, obviously, right now. And, yo, on Apple, it was, I thought it was $1.99 to rent. You know what I mean? That's why I watched it, baby. So, yeah, there you go. Go Okay, and obviously, it seemed very fitting to leave the award winner till last right so people now we take a look at Coda. okay people so you know i mean listen i was looking to check it out right but once it won you know what best film right it won best film um Best Supporting Actor and Best Adapted Screenplay at the 94th Oscars. So, you know what I mean? It, it was even more a point to finally get round and check this out. You know what I mean? And that's what we've been doing the last few weeks, just catching up on shit, people. So, yeah, I uh, gave Coda a look, right? So, um, Coda... Is written and directed by uh, hmm, how the fuck do you say this? Sean, no, I don't think it's Sean, maybe she, I don't think it's Siobhan, hmm, Cian, I don't know, S I A N, Cian, I'm gonna say Cian, um, yeah, Cian Header, she wrote. And directed the piece. Um, yeah, I didn't know this was a remake of a French piece, right? I believe it La Famille Billier. It came out in 2014, right? Um, and that was written by Victoria Bedos, uh Gary de Milburg, Eric latugu and Thomas Biddigan. So yeah, Hedda adapted that. Um the film is produced now by uh, Jerome Sedoux. uh and Patrick Wasberger uh, Philippe Rosalette and Fabrice. I think some of those produced the original as well. So it's executive produced by Sarah bush Jacobson, Adavan Safai. Uh, It is associate produced by Stephanie Sillier. Uh, Valerie Garcia. Hester Hagit. It is uh, associate produced by Eric Jalaman. Christy Lutz. Um... Yeah, there you go. Uh, the music in the film is from Marius DeViz. Its cinematography is Paula Houdabra. It's edited by Gerard Brisson. Uh, casting was from Deborah Aquilia, Trisha Wood, and Lisa Zagoria. Uh, production design is Diane Lederman. Art direction was Paul Richards and Jeremy Woosie. Um, set decoration is Vanessa Knoll and Amy Morrison. Costume design, Brenda Ababana-Dolo. Okay. And our cast. Well, we have got um um Ruby uh, Rossi, who is played by Emilia, 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 <laughs> Emilia Jones. Right. Um, her brother Leo is played by Daniel Durant. Her dad Frank is played by Troy Kutzer. And her mum. Her mum Jackie is played by Marley Martin All right you've then got um her best friend Gertie played by Amy Forsythe. um there is Do-do-do-do. hmm who else is probably best um miles. Um he's played by Ferdia Wushpilou. Um there is Bernard Villabo, her music teacher played by Eugene Debus. Um Gosh, who else? Uh, I guess uh, Tony Salgado, played by John Fior. Arthur, played by Lonnie Farmer. Brady, played by Kevin Chapman. I know I recognize that dude, man. Um, Miss Simone, played by Court. Cortland Jones. Audria, played by Molly Beth Thomas. And... Yeah. I mean, they're the main ones, right? There's some other people floating around and doing their thing, but yeah, I'd say they're the main people. Now, the gist of the film is this. Gloucester, Massachusetts. As a child of deaf adults and the only hearing person in her family... High school senior Ruby Rossi always has a lot on her plate. Indeed, trying to juggle back-breaking work on her father's fishing boat, schoolwork, social life, and the family's expectations can be too much for a teenager. But do her parents know Ruby loves to sing? When Ruby sings up, signs up for the school choir, singing becomes a passion. And suddenly, the talented young girl finds herself at a crossroads. Should Ruby spread her wings and follow her dreams? Or should she keep fighting everyday battles as a member of the proud Rossi clan? So, uh, yeah, there's the thing. Now, obviously, look, there's a lot of buzz around the film. And, you know, I'd say it was produced very well right? Nice cinematography, you know what I mean? Just sound construction, all of that kind of thing. And they did, uh, you know, they did a decent job of trying to put you in the uh, um, shoes of, the, you know, the Death Rossi clan, right? There was moments of that trying to show how they perceive a situation and things such as that. Um. And I, I, you know, I thought the film was decent. Like, I struggled. Oh, my gosh. I struggled for a while. And then I realized I could change the settings on Apple and make the subtitles bigger, which that was a big help. But fucking subtitle films, man, it it just, oh, I can't keep doing this. It's killing me. It really is. But I really wanted to see what this film was about, you know what I mean? Um, I think there's some interesting things here, right? Because at the beginning, we show Ruby and Gertie a lot together, right? But Gertie kind of disappears after a while, you know, which is a little bit odd. You know what I mean? Because I can understand... Like some of the things Ruby's trying to do, but you'd think there would still be conversations, phone calls and the like, but there's like nothing. She just like boom, 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 kind of disappears in the ether and we only see her occasionally, right? Because of other situations that are happening. So there is that. Um, the other big thing is, right, we're told that Ruby loves to sing. Loves to sing, you know. And we do get her singing on the boat, right? Because at the, at the start of the film, we're shown her working on the boat with her, with her brother and uh, her dad, right? And she's singing on the boat and all this. um. But she only signs up to the singing class because of miles right and i i kind of feel if she loved singing you'd probably you yeah i mean there would be more kind of like with her and gertie and talking being like You know, when they're discussing what classes to do, they'd be like, I really want to do singing, but I'm not quite sure. I'm a bit nervous about standing in front of people, blah, blah, blah. And then you could have Miles sign up and then that be the push to finally actually do it. But for someone that loves singing and not even have that as a consideration up until that point seemed a little bit odd. You know what I mean? A little bit odd. Uh, The thing with the singing, right? Because, you know, like her and Miles are the focus kind of thing. I don't even know if they're the best singers in the group, though. Right? Now, it's not to say they're bad singers. They're not bad singers. But, yeah, some of those other voices you heard, you'd be like, why wouldn't they be asked to do the solo? You know what I mean? That was the uh, kind of odd thing for me when I'm I'm just trying to process it all and being like, yo, that voice is better. Like, how come, you know, obviously it's all subjective. So, you know, whatever, whatever. But yeah, I kind of was like, hmm, how come? You know what I mean? So there's that, and I think, like, a thing happens, right? This thing happens, and you're like, okay, right? That's a thing. But the the what I found curious was, like, the explanation for it. It was just like, oh, no, like, uh, I was laughing at that, not that. Oh, yeah, I know people make fun of you. And it's just like, if you you know people like rinse her about shit, and especially about the death shit, right? You know that's a thing. So I kind of feel that if you really like someone, and you respected someone, and all of that, you're not telling that story, right? That was the odd thing there for me. And then also, like, At the start, we don't see Miles take a second look at Ruby. It doesn't happen. But then later in the film, things are said, and you're like, all right, if that's the case, right, there would be looks, you know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying that they had to have been, like, close buddies and talking and all of this kind of thing, but there would be... Some, you know, in mean, glances and shit, but there's nothing, right? So it's a bit like, it comes off as a bit odd, right? The You know what I mean? It'd be like nothing and then suddenly something, right? It, it's just, shit don't work like that, you know what I mean? Or if it does, it's only like that for a, re- a specific reason. You know what I mean? And there ain't all the other shit. So if you're saying there's all the other shit, then there has to be the first things, right? There's gotta be the footsteps, right? The little steps, the baby steps, people. You you got there's a process to this shit. You know what I mean? Like if you've got feelings, and all of this, yeah, it moves in a certain way. If they're legit, you know. So that was a bit like, I'm like, yo, what? Don't really make sense. Don't make sense to me. Also, right, there's the whole thing with Gertie and the sign, you know what I mean? At the start, I don't say what it is, but I'm just like, yo, if you've been friends with Ruby all this time, come on now. Are you telling me that she's never, never lied to you about a thing? Right? Like, it, it's just kind of like if you're asking a certain question, when you know, right, that they're kind of weirded out by the thing. You know that the, the thing they tell you possibly ain't going to be legit. And we got YouTube. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel if you want to know so that, you could just easily go boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a bit like, hmm, really? Uh, now one thing that I I did find I just like it didn't make any sense because although Ruby goes out on the boat with her parents right I can't say but like her dad and her brother right she goes out on the boat helps them on the boat all of that jazz boom but are you saying she has never been ill? Right, there's never been an occasion where she couldn't go out. Right? That's a bit like there's there's gotta there has to have been some, right? Which then would mean surely there's a contingency, right? There's things put in place, you know what I mean, to to let people know of a thing. Right, whether it's just you've got you, know what I mean, because it's like they've been fishing this for ages. So you'd think everyone in the place like everyone in the place knows their death. So if it was just like there was a flag they had, you know, what I mean just a, a a colored flag or a you know a thing on the side of the boat that just you know what I mean would indicate right, so a coast guard would know, like, people would know, it it, it doesn't seem like a stretch, you know what I mean, so I, I'm kind of a little miffed that nothing like that was in place, now, you could have people go, oh, I didn't realize that was what that was, because, you know, we're not from this community, so we can't, like, that, boom, that's logical, but do I have nothing, right? And then we have the moment where Leo goes for a drink and everyone is like acting like he can hear, which again doesn't make any sense, right? And the whole observer thing, and uh, you're just like, nah, you're trying to tell me no one said. I mean, listen, everyone would know there are deaf fishermen, right? Because they're the only ones. It's something that would have spread everywhere. Right? So that whole observer thing, that made no sense. Right? It made no sense. Now the thing she did, fine. But everything leading up to that, I'm like, she ain't arriving not knowing, right? That was all. Like, what? Are we, what are we doing with that? You know what I mean? we huh? What? Right? It's it just a bit like, yeah, it was a bit odd. So, but look, it's 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 a it's an okay film, right? It's not terrible or anything like that. But I just thought. Other than the death situation, right? Shining a light and telling a story, you know, from that different kind of perspective, like the film, it, it was just a little predictable, right? You knew where certain things were going, right? I've told you not to be late. Like, you just knew... What was going on? Like, oh, well, I don't even really like seeing, I'm just expecting, like, everything. You're just like, okay, I know where that's going now. Right, I know where that's going. There's going to be this incident. There's going to be that incident. Like, you just knew all of those beats, right? So, yeah, like, it it, it was, the, you know, the death aspect of it was the USP of the film. You know, look, the acting was decent, all of that, like, as I said, look, acting was decent, cinematography, sound, all of that, but, yeah, there was a few things in here that I'm just like, yo, why no one talking about that? You know what I mean? Like, no one's talking about, you know what I mean, these points. You know what I mean? Like, just the things that you go, yeah, how is it no one knew that, or there's not something in place? Right, it was just simple things, you know. But yeah, it's not a terrible film, right? I, I thought it was, de- yeah, you know, it was decent. But um, yeah, you know, that is my take on the award-winning Coda, people okay people so that is it for this week but before we bounce let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film so um yeah we know there's a hot wheels film coming right that's right a film based on those stupid little toy cars well yeah it seems that jj abrahams um could be producing it and if not him his production company will be involved anyway right bad robot yeah they've come on board so uh <laughs> we'll see what the fuck happens with that right <laughs> now there's been some delays and all of that with films um and uh, you know one film that is delayed is um super mario brothers right so um yeah it is you know universal pictures and nintendo's attempt to bring this back to the big screen right you had that dreadful (laughs) dreadful bob hoskins one back in the was it late 80s early 90s right um so yeah this new version i think it was meant to drop on the 21st of december but is now being pushed to easter next year um which you know, I guess Easter holidays, right? It's a big one, as you can see. Sonic the Hedgehog that opened Easter, and it's like, yeah, killing it, right? So, um, yeah, it's they say it's gonna open on the seventh of April in, you know, in the US, and the twenty-eighth of April in Japan. Um, so yeah, that's happening. Um also uh what else is going down? <laughs> something else is happening. I'm just huh. Um oh that's it. <laughs> I was like, yo, what's what's the other thing? Puss in boots, right? Um well Puss in booths. The last wish, right? So, um, that's coming from DreamWorks and they have pushed it up, right? So, um, no, pushed it back, so sort of pushed it back. So, it was gonna open on the 23rd of December, sorry, the 20th, uh, the 23rd of September, but it is now moving to the spot that Super Mario's had the 21st of December right which you know a hey, over christmas like parents wanting to keep the kids occupied so again it's not a bad slot it's not a bad slot so that's happening um now one big bit of news that dropped towards the end of last week was justin lynn he's out he's out of the fast business right he was meant to direct fast x right the first part of the final film um of the fast and the furious main franchise right because you've got those spin-offs that i feel are going to continue but yeah lynn he'd already directed a few of the films but yeah he's, he's moved away right it seems now it's that thing, right? Which you always hear—it's uh, creative differences, which I, you know, what I mean, like, come on now. <laughs> I think old Vinny D's, right? He's got a big ego, and they, yeah, they obviously they clashed on some shit, right? So that's happened, and now there is a big scramble because the film has already started shooting right, so they're trying to frantically find someone to come in and uh, save things, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with that, right, now, um, you know, a little while ago, it was announced that John M. Chu was going to be directing Wicked, right, the, the musical, the, what, the film adaptation of the musical right, for Universal, um, things have changed, right, things have changed, so, what was meant to be one film, is now being split into two, <laughs> I know, right, so the first part is dropping Christmas 2024, second part, Christmas 2025, so, um, yeah i'm like i don't know it didn't really feel like it needed two parts but that's what's happening so we will see uh yeah we'll see how they make this one work uh there's a lot of adaptations coming people and another one is robotech right um yeah i mean like it's uh A bit like um, Voltron, right? Which we know uh, that's coming, right? A film version of that. So, yeah, Robotech. Like, I remember those cartoons as a kid. I mean, like, you had to hunt for that shit, right? That shit didn't air freely over on these shores. But, um, yes, it seems they've got a director, Reese Thomas who handled a lot of Hawkeye. He has been um, nabbed to take care of this, which, yeah, he did a good job with Hawkeye. So, you know what I mean? Seems like a good choice, right? So they say the story unfolds in a time when Earth has developed giant robots from the technology of an alien spacecraft that crashed on a South Pacific island the technology proves useful when humanity has to fend off a wave of alien and invasions so um ah, i'm curious to see what they do with that one so uh yes now um with streaming platforms and all of this right we're seeing films come to these a lot sooner than previous and we're seeing a lot of deals be made with big distributors for exclusive rights on those films so amc plus has just uh, signed a situation a first um you know what i mean a television window situation with ifc films right So, um, yeah, it says the deal will mean AMC Plus gets to show stuff from IFC Films, IFC Midnight, and RLJE Films, right? So, um, yeah, because they previously had a situation with Showtime and Hulu, so that's all changed, right? So, um, now, um, every Friday right um a new film will be dropping it says yes so yeah if you've got amc plus that's going to be a big one for you right exclusive movie premieres on a friday yeah so um you know they they're also doing a thing, the final Friday, right? Which will be the fight, the last Friday of every month, and they're saying it will boast a horror film release from Shudder. So uh, yeah, there you go, right? Um, yeah, so I think the situation is ninety days after the films have hit cinemas they'll be coming to amc plus right and um i think there will be some that will have a day and date release you know like we've seen a lot with hbo max and a few of disney plus so yeah you know this does seem to be the way films are um, gonna be hitting us in the future so you know it's not bad right and all of this will start next week right may the sixth with clean right now uh, it says this film stars adrian brady sorry adrian brody and the uh, rizza R- right so you've got that um catch the fire one will be the 13th um then you've got jewel on the 20th and a banquet on the 27th of may so uh yeah people eh, you know if you're a fan of ifc films and you don't have amc plus that might be something you want to do you know um now another you know i mean studio that is uh, you know done a similar thing is Lionsgate and they've signed a deal with Roku right so um, yeah it means that the streamer gets exclusive um, you know exclusive run on those right Um, well they I mean a free streamer because you know Lionsgate they own stars so stars will get the stuff first And then they'll go to Roku, right? So um, it's a multi-year agreement. um, And it starts this year. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it means they will get stuff like John Wick and the Expendables, Borderlines, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a uh, coup for Roku, Right um now other stuff right new films so um we have got fear Night, right that's gonna be the new entry from Neil Labute, and it's gonna be starring Maggie Q you know they're saying it's an action thriller right um Maggie plays an Iraqi war veteran named Tess who prepares for a sister's bachelorette party, which is abruptly interrupted by a group of home invaders who take the house under siege, looking for a hidden fortune. Surrounded by the frightened partygoers, Tess soon discovers that the ruthless attackers are hell-bent on not leaving any witnesses behind, so she decides to strike back. Um, and it is produced by Eric Brenner, Barry Merowitz, um, Jeff Shackman, and Larry Greenberg. Uh, so now, Warner Brothers, there's a lot been going on with Warner Brothers of late, especially on the TV front of things with the DC Universe. And there's stuff going with the films as well so you know initially right there was a big thing about how a, a lot of the dc films would go to, straight to hbo max right and a few are earmarked for the cinema you know like the batman aquaman 2 shazam flash things like that now one film that was earmarked for hbo was Batgirl. Well, it seems right that um, things could be changing, right? So uh, you know, they might be bringing um, a Batgirl and a Blue Beetle to uh, to the cinemas, right? So uh, yeah, you know. They, it was, they were part of the whole mid-range lot of films. And we we know that's a thing with Netflix. Like, the big budget ones, cinema, The then the, the you know, the medium budget ones might go there, but essentially probably going to uh, the streaming platform. You know, a bit like with Disney. Um, So, yeah, Batgirl. If you're a fan, you might be able to see it on the big screen. So, uh, we will see what happens with that. Now, we're at the moment we've got um was it CinemaCon happening. And uh, you know, there's been big announcements, and there's been announcements which everyone probably expected, right? And one of those being that Warner Brothers had already green lit a sequel to Matt Reeves' The Batman, right? Which um, yeah, I most people suspected would be happening, right? More news coming up from CinemaCon, this time from Sony. Again, stuff that pretty much everyone expected, which would was there's going to be a third Venom film. Right, it got hinted at at the end of Spider Man No Way Home, and right, we, do, we talked about it today. But Ghostbusters Afterlife again, you know, not really surprising, seeing that you know, he made a lot of money at the box office and all of that, right? So, um, yes, people, if you're fans, you got that to look forward to now. Um, another you know, Sony um, situation is a, a new film in their Marvel universe. Uh, El Muir, oh, El Muerto, M-U-E-R-T-O, right? Um, I, I think he's meant to be a uh, like Mexican wrestler, right? um and he's gonna be played by a bad bunny right um you know real name benito antonio martinez oscario right so uh, yeah he's um gonna be playing uh el Muto, right which is the first uh, latino lead in a marvel movie supposedly You know, so uh, yeah, I think this character kind of first sprang up. Obviously, he's a Spider Man character because you know, Sony have the Spider Man rights, right? But yeah, Spider Man fought him in a wrestling match and then they teamed up to save the day kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, that is coming, people. And um, let's end with this one, right? Now, we know that. Spider-Man, what well, the, the sequel to, um, into the Spider-Verse, right, it, it's been split in two, you know, um, so it was gonna be called Spider-Man, um, across the Spider-Verse, right, so now the first part is just called Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, right, and the second, and that's arriving, um, later this year the second part which will dropping next year is now instead of in across spider first part two will be called spider-man beyond the spider-verse Mm-mm-mm. right so uh, yeah we will see uh now the first one was awesome right that was so fucking good so hey i cannot wait but people there we go and just a little heads up we will be dropping another episode little special something something so keep an eye out for that until then enjoy your film watching people